Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet. As always, it's so fun when you get to this part of the offseason where you're barely removed from the start of free agency, and yet it just feels like everything has come to an absolute grinding halt. But there's still something that might happen, so you still got to keep your eyes open and everything. But at a certain point, you're just like, we're done, aren't we? Well, much? The, we're, we're in the midst of it. By the time you're listening to this, these are the only two days in America where there's not a professional sport being played. Right, right now, these two days. So it is truly like the if you're a sports fan, it's like the worst time of year because you have these two days where just absolutely like nothing's going on. I didn't, I didn't even realize that baseball wasn't even on right now. Well, they did the All-Star game yesterday. I totally forgot that they did I knew the All-Star. that, but it's just I'm always, I'm so used to there always at least being some baseball that in the summer that my brain cannot even conceive. Like, yeah, there's, there's two days, two days Anything? where there's no sports. Hey, and you know what? And Colorado just keeps winning because now we've got an all-star game MVP. At least that helps something for the Rockies. I did not realize how bad the Rockies were. And then I just got bored and looked at standings. We're in last place in the National League, um, which is impressive. So uh, I take that with a uh, you can't have all the things go right for you in one town. You need to have one one like shitty part of your family that is just like the worst person ever. And that for Colorado is the Rockies. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have never in my life seen the Rockies lose. So you're one to know. You're one to know. I don't, and I can come nowhere close to getting the Rockies here in Maryland. So (laughs) one to know we we beat the Dodgers. Dude, we're literally the greatest baseball team ever. Yeah. So it's uh, that that's where we are in the season right now. There's not a lot going on really in the sports world at all. Like it's that weird time too where NFL hasn't really kicked into full gear yet. I know it's different for you because you work for an NFL team. That's my uh, job, dude. Foot football is what I live and breathe for the next yeah. year. Yeah. We get NBA Summer League, which I'm watching right now, which is just a bunch of like guys who are gonna play in the G League. So that's a good time. But when it comes to hockey news, we're we're a little bit slower. Uh there were some interesting comments made by Alex Newhook, though. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on them. Yeah, I mean, if there's not much to talk about, why not just stir up a little drama? Try to see <laughs> if we can get some some people to hate people, make some villains, you know, all that fun stuff, some good little drama. So the full story, Alex Newhook signs his RFA contract in Montreal. He will get $2.9 million a year for four years. Before we get into the comments, why don't we just talk about that first, yep. the contract. I think it's great for New Hook. I think it's great for Montreal. We could not do that. We just we don't have the time to be taking that chance. It's more money than we could afford to pay New Hook for the role that he's probably going to play here. And the more time since this trade has taken place, the more it just seems like this just works for everybody. This is just a, a good move for all parties involved. What were we saying he was going to sign for his art? Weren't we saying like one million was yeah, like I mean, the highest we said- go? I said one and a half. I said one yeah. year, one and a half, which I still think is perfectly fair yep. for what we had Newhook. But that also very much describes how we saw him in the system right now. Is like this is an unfinished product on a Stanley Cup contending team where 
you don't really know what he's going to be this season. It's like hypothetically, if he was still on the abs, he could have blossomed into a second line forward. He also could have stagnated again. And it's just when you're at this point in cup contention, now that we're a few weeks removed from the trade, it just makes a lot more sense. You, you just don't have time to be waiting for stuff like this. And the Habs can, they can give him that four year contract and afford to 2.9 for them is nothing. That is nothing. No, it, it's, it's probably the easiest like deal that the Canadians have made in a while. And like you said, good for Alex, you know, $2.9 million. I would have never guessed that he would get $2.9 million. I think, I think that makes sense for the Habs at least here. I, just, I don't think there was a shot. No, there was a 0% chance that was going to happen. So Newhook gets traded. He does have to go to one of the toughest markets to play hockey in. Um, but I think all Canadians fans kind of realize this team's in a rebuilding phase and they'll be a little bit more patient with him. But he got his bag at 2.9. And it's just where the abs are at. There was no way we could commit $2.9 million to Alex Newhook. He right. hadn't proved enough here to justify giving him that. And I think the abs kind of learned their lesson because – Remember they gave Tyson Jost like two years, like two million on his RFA yeah, deal, like two, and, like two and a half. Like they gave him the term and everything. Yeah, and it's just not to say that Alex Newhook is the next Tyson Jost. I've seen a lot of that comparison thrown out there. Newhook just has more talent. At the end of the day, he's a more talented player than Tyson Jost, and I think he's going to work in Montreal. Oh, yeah. I think he's genuinely going to get better opportunities and a better fit for himself in Montreal than he could in Colorado. But at the same time, we t- we couldn't afford to do that. You can afford to give Ross Colton that because you kind of have an idea of what Ross Colton is going to give you. But Newhook is just such a wild card. And there are some teams that are more forgiving for a developmental process. Not the abs. Not, not right now. I mean, Maybe Jared, five years ago they would have, but not now. Not now. I mean, Jared Bednar is under no obligation to to help you for two years in the future as opposed to winning right now. I always find that funny when it's like the coach didn't want to play the young guy. And it's like, well, the coach oh. is trying to keep his job. <laughs> well, he got, I mean, the young guy got outplayed. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got outplayed. And it's just always one of those things that cracks me up. Where it's like the coach is trying to save their job too. They don't want to lose because more than likely they're going to get fired at some point and they want to get another job eventually. Right. But I mean, like, especially in the case like Colorado, new hook just straight up got outplayed by JT Comfer and had the role taken from him. He could have had it. He was one of the few guys that was healthy all season. He could have at any point made a big impression and claimed that spot for himself. And he had moments during the season that showed just how talented this guy is, but it was never consistent. And it's like I said, before the trade and after the trade, I still feel like he took a step back this season. And that was the most concerning part to me that he wasn't as consistent as he was in his rookie season. And I felt significantly less effective. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I wanted to touch back. If we sign Ross Colton for two point nine, I I would do somersaults. That's a great. I mean, it's a great contract, especially for let's just say that Colton gets that for potentially your third line center, still relatively young, and I think has a lot more to give in this system with Colorado than he had in Tampa. We'll see how much more, but I still think he's going to get more production here than he did in Tampa. That's a great contract, especially since I'm expecting like three and a half for maybe two yeah. or three years for Colton right now, the deeper this goes. Yeah, that would be that would be very interesting if that that's the case. But I I mean, for Newhook, I, I'm excited to see what he does in Montreal. I have no ill will towards Alex Newhook. I, I think he got kind of dealt a uh, a tough hand to just immediately come into a Stanley Cup championship contender where you get no time to develop and things are expected of you that may not be fair. 
so I'm cheering for him to go and succeed in Montreal, just not the two times they play the Avs. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think he's going to a place to prove himself. And there just there wasn't room for that here. There was. There was a wide open. This was the year for him to do it. It was a wide open second yeah. line center role this entire season. And for a lot of the season, there was a lot of jobs open in that top six. And he had the chances. And we'll talk about all of that in a second. He had the chances. He's, he didn't he didn't make the most of them every single time. And then even later in the season when the team got healthy, he's still in the lineup. You could tell Bednar didn't trust him. And he wasn't he wasn't putting him out there in important minutes. If he felt like he could trust him, he would put him out there. Well, because what was he playing in the playoffs? Like six minutes a game? It's like insultingly low minutes. Yeah. And in a season and a playoff and a series where the team was just so utterly decimated, that should have been Newhook's time to step up. Not to say Bednar sh- should have played him. I'm, I'm agreeing with him that he never took those minutes. He was given the opportunity here and he just, he didn't succeed. I mean, that, that just, it happens sometimes. Yeah. And now he's going to a system in Montreal that has talented players. It's it's not like he's just going to a bottom of the barrel rebuilding team where he's going to play 20 minutes a night because he's the only player on the entire team. I mean, he might honestly still get third line minutes in Montreal, which I still think is pretty funny because they have Suzuki. They yeah, have, that's one. Yeah, they have Doc. They made basically a similar trade last year. And it's, they have Sean Monaghan, too, who's probably going to play wing in the top six, or maybe they Well, would you move? Top. I think they may move Newhook to wing. They might. That's what I'm saying. Like, they've still got, if they do that, they have Monaghan and Gallagher, potentially, who could still play wing. They still have Christian Dvorak, who I forgot existed. I thought he got bought out. No, he's still there. Good for him, man. Good for yeah. him. He's he's making a bag. They, made, they went to the, the final. And they panic traded for a center, and then they sucked the next yeah. year. Yeah, that's tough. But uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to talk how bad. Like, if the Flames are truly bad next year, think how good that first round pick is going to be for the Canadians. Dude, that trade they got Sean Monahan, who was just like just a no lose situation. Either he plays or he doesn't. You gave up future considerations for that alone, which is just no lose. And they gave you a first in 2025. Yeah, that kid might not play until 2028. But if the Flames really do bottom out, that could get real interesting. Yeah, that could be a really good pick. But also, also, you look at the the conditions. There's like six paragraphs. Like I could I could try to read them. It'd be absolutely terrible radio. But there's like probably like top five protected or something like that. Yeah. Like the first condition is if this year's pick in 2024 is between 20 and 32, the Habs can take that pick. They'll have the option. So the Flames would have to make the playoffs. And in the event, Calgary receives Florida's 2025 first round pick. What is where is Florida's first round pick? Well, for Kachuk. Oh, Kachuk. I forgot that was part of that deal. So I'm. Anyway, uh, this, yeah. is, this is just this is too much for my brain to comprehend after a, a day at work anyway. And I hate reading too many words, not reading them. Don't care. Yeah, but that that's an interesting part for Montreal. Like that could be the steal of like that could be proportions of what. Uh, like, uh, was Sean Monahan that bad? You had to attach a first to him. Like you, just, he, He's not that bad. The contract was that bad. There was two years. That yeah, was, but what? Like, like what? Six point one. 
It was it was six point eight to be six point three seven five. So significant for a player to be fair. What what were the Habs needed to be convinced for the first four? What yeah. were they doing competing? I mean, uh, that that trade could go down as like a like a like a Joe Sackick type heist. I mean, I mean, even even if the Flames are fine in twenty twenty five, and that pick ends up being like twenty third, you still just gave that up for nothing. Yeah, and the Flames used it to sign Kadri, which. I think Kadri's a better player than Monahan, and well, then, yeah. but yeah, I mean that's but like just, you, that, that's also the thing. Like you still didn't have to do that. Did they do that before or after they lost Goudreau? I mean, with Monahan, it was inevitable anyway. So I don't, yeah. I don't remember when it happened, but I also don't. Think I think it was, it was before because I think they were trying to clear cap to give Goudreau like ten million a year. I think it was just inevitable, no matter what they were doing. It was, yeah. it was in August actually, so it was well it was after. after, huh? Well after. I mean, to be fair, in August, we thought the Flames were going to be like first in the Pacific. Yeah. So. But I mean, like Monaghan didn't play for them last year. He had 17 points that year, or 23 points in 65 games that entire season. He wasn't yeah. going to be there anyway. No. But, but even yeah, still for the Habs. Totally off topic, but it just made me laugh that it's like that first round pick could be a very good first round pick in 2025. Um, I mean, the Habs right now are just kind of like a hodgepodge of players right yeah. now. I mean, I th- I think New Hook's going to work out really well for them. I also, even if he does like truly turn out to be a true top six forward, it's it's going to be real hard to look at this trade with much. Regret. Dude, that's going to be two three years from now, in right. my opinion. And like even then, if that does happen, we'd be looking back at this trade with revisionist history. Oh, this, absolutely, this makes sense. The package yeah. made sense. You able to get Ross Colton with the second round pick you got, and then draft Guliev who is a fantastic prospect. And I mean, a lot of people were upset with what Newhook supposedly said afterwards. There was that tweet saying that Newhook says he has a lot more to give than he's shown in the past. He was frustrated at times in Colorado when he felt he was underutilized and not given a lot of opportunities. There is a a lot of of fish shaking and how dare you's coming out. It's the middle of the summer. There's nothing else to talk about. So I get it. That can be true but also not be the whole truth where I understand where he's coming from. You did have the opportunities, but there's just, there's only so far up you can go in Colorado. And there's only so much time you have to really let yourself bloom as a 21, 22 year old. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where we already talked about, like he's not going to get top line minutes because Mac Brantonen, and Nachushkin and or Lekin and when healthy are going to get that top line minute. And he had the opportunity in the top six and JT Comfer beat him out for it. Yeah. And that's just kind of where it's at. I am. I laugh that people get mad about that because I can guarantee you when Ross Colton signs his deal and he does his media availability, he will say something very similar to that, that I think I can be utilized more in this system than I was being in Tampa Bay. Like that's exactly what Ross Colton's going to say. I guarantee you most players that get traded for this reason, feel that way there's a lot of players in the nhl that feel like they're underutilized or undervalued i mean in new hook's case i mean it's technically true it's just not the whole story well it's it's technically true and the thing is is we couldn't give him he he had no room to fail here like we couldn't get live on the nights where he'd be minus three and all that other stuff. We couldn't give him that opportunity in Montreal. He's going to get that opportunity. So yeah, that makes the weight is off his shoulders of like, if I make a mistake, I'm not going to get benched and play six minutes a game. Right. You know, and it's, 
in the bottom six this season, back when the team started to get healthier, it's not like he had the best quality of line mates. He wasn't wow. playing with superstars. He's still playing with good players. I mean, he worked really well with Cogliano the last season, and he still worked with Logan O'Connor. Yeah, they're not the most offensively gifted people in the world and maybe not ideal for a 22-year-old. You still, at any point late in the season, especially against Seattle, could have come through in those moments regardless. Lars Eller played more minutes than him. (laughs) Right. Like, that's also the thing. Like, Comfort took his job or the job that he was trying to win at second line center. Pretty decisively, I will yes. say, when Comfort was playing well. Yes, he fell off late in the season, but that's all the thing. Comfort fell off late in the season, and Newhook still didn't take it. Still didn't Comfort, take it. Comfort fell off in the playoffs. You're down to basically one center, and you need a change at second line center. And it wasn't Newhook. It was Lars Eller. Yeah. And, and it's not like Newhook was even getting increased roles. He was one of those guys that was getting buried on the bench. And you can debate whether Bednar was right or wrong for that. But at the end of the day, there was one line that was coming through for this team in the playoffs. And I was begging anybody to come through. And I I don't think Newhook was terrible when he was on the ice in the playoffs. I think he's far from the reason we lost, but he never earned that trust here. And in Montreal, he's going to have a much longer leash. And I think it's going to work out well for him. He's not going to get lambasted for every mistake. The pressure's not laser focused and on all of the time that you need to do this. Otherwise we're missing crucial standings points. And it's probably tough playing with Nathan McKinnon as a young guy, trying to learn in the NHL. Everything all the time is so demanding. You have to play your role perfectly or you're just not going to play all that much. That's just the way it is here in Colorado. Like it's, it's one of those things that is going to happen a couple more times during this Avs championship window yeah. where there's going to be a young guy who we think has a ton of potential. But when you're playing with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and hopefully Gabriel Landeskog, there's no room for figuring it out. Yeah. Just I mean, you, you've you got to come in here and you, you've got to pull your weight immediately. There There's no room for a lot of mistakes, maybe like very early in the season. But when, when it's getting down to crunch time, you got you got to get out from the kids table. Like And it's this is not a slight on Alex Newhook. I don't want this to be revisionist history that I think Alex Newhook sucked here and should have been traded. I've been on the record to say that we probably sh- should keep Newhook this season when he was still here before I saw the potential package we could get for him. I've went on the record saying, yeah, one year, million and a half. I think it's too soon to give up on this guy. I've still seen a lot of talent from him. So I don't want this to be construed as revisionist history for me. I still believe that, but I also believe that this works better for us right now with Colton, who's going to play probably third line minutes can bump him up to second if need be. And new hook is going to get more room in Montreal to breathe than he does here. And it's not like Colorado has a toxic system, but it's not the best for a younger player still trying to make his way in the league. Unless I mean, this might be the story for, like you said, a lot of younger guys who come up through the system. There's not a lot of homegrown talent in Colorado on this team outside of, like, outside of like <laughs> the stars on this yeah. team. Like we, we might see a similar thing with like Olausen where he comes up and is just like, he's just not pushing the needle enough moving. We might see it in three years with Guliev that he just doesn't push the needle enough. He's a huge centerpiece in another trade that lands us another guy. But that's the thing is if you can get those types of packages and get players who can win for your team now, you're going to make those moves. That's and, and again, that's still value. You're still yeah. getting value out of those players, whether or not they're future Hall of Famers or they're trade bait for you. Yeah. 
And and the thing is, is like I, I think the Avs are when I look back on it, Newhook should not have come in and played right in the NHL. He should have probably spent a year in the AHL just to get his confidence. Yep. And that's what the Avs are doing with the Lawson. Yeah, he played what one game last year for the Avs, but that was just because of literally all the injuries that happened. If if I could go back, I'd do the same thing with Tyson Jost. They just play a full year down in the minors because I think really the last Avs prospect who worked out, who played a year in the minors was Miko Rantanen. Yeah. He played a year in the minors. He was the rookie of the year down there. And then he came up the next year and immediately scored 20 goals. Yeah. I so, mean, was Alex Newhook scoring that goal against the Blues in the playoffs like bad for his career? I mean, because it, it might have told us no. ready sooner than he no. should have been. I'm kidding, of course. but Yeah, but it, it's one of those things like it, I think he would have been better because he went down to the minors for a while in yeah. the year we won the cup. Yeah, he start, He played like the first game or the first couple of games. Yeah. Started, went down the AHL, got his confidence back and came back pretty good. Yeah, that's and what I'm then, saying. Like, I, I think the... The, the abs like last year, they, they had to play all these guys from the HL because they literally couldn't feel the team if they didn't. But if I could go back in Alex Newhook's career, I, I think he plays in the St. Louis one. He struggles in the first couple games in the cup winning season. And then he spends the rest of the year in the minors. And cool. maybe he comes back up here and last year is a much better player. But obviously that's revisionist history. But I yep. think that's why the abs are being a little bit more cautious with guys like Olauson and Foodie, like they're letting them get their confidence and get figure out how to play like American or Northern American style hockey. Yeah. I mean, hindsight's always going to be oh, yeah. funny with prospects and like maybe new hook turns into a late bloomer in Montreal. And like, he gets a couple of years NHL under his belt. And at like 26, he really blossoms into a top yeah. six or it's not uncommon. You see that a lot of times with talented players and especially on contending teams or just in general, it's not a terrible thing to overripe your prospects. I've seen that word thrown out there, like overriping what you mean, like sharpening their skills. Like, yeah, maybe they could have been NHL ready, but would that be good for them? And would that even be good for the team yeah. for him to be NHL ready right now when you have veterans who've been around for a while and don't need to be replaced? Like it's it's tough on teams like Diabs, and it goes for teams like Tampa. You very rarely see players on Tampa just suddenly come up at 21 years old and step into the lineup and do it right away. You see some overripe maybe prospects for them that have to come and step in. Yeah, I mean that's just the case, and I think that's where the Abs are. It's not it's a good problem to have when it's like our NHL team's too good that our AHL and rookies can't get enough playing time. Like it's it's a cost of winning sometimes. But I'm interested to see what Newhook does. I I wish him the best, and he'll always be a cup champion here forever. And even, like, like I just hope things work out for him. I, I don't want him to be a player who, who doesn't succeed, but also at the same time he just got basically $12 million if he does stink. So yep. it's a pretty good trade-off. I mean, it's, it's really good value for the Habs. Four oh, yeah. years, like, you might be – if Newhook breaks out this season – that's still three years after the set 2.9. Like you, you can do some with that lot can change in four years. Think about just how recently it was that the F sucked. Yes. Like it wasn't four years ago, but it wasn't that far in in the past that the avalanche were dog shit and a decade away from competing and they're Stanley cup champions. And one of the premier organizations in the league, like not even a decade later, narratives change very fast. Yeah. Very fast. It barely took half a decade for them to win a cup after that. Yeah, my narratives can change. You just hit on the right players. You find the right coach. You can win. And I, I think Montreal, like, 
Montreal is one of those teams that they always annoyed me growing up just because I feel like people talked about them a ton. But now that they like are kind of in a rebuilding phase, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't mind the Habs as much. Well, is it probably they're in a rebuilding phase? So yeah. they're not annoying right now. They yeah. are winning. They'll start to get on our nerves again. That's how it always works. Yeah, that's how it works. With but like right Martin. now, the Habs, if they win some games, it doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. Is Carey Price ever going to play hockey again? Did they have they announced that? He is on injured reserve. He is. Okay. I, I. I mean, mean what? A, he's what? Ten million dollars a year just to not play hockey. That's a pretty good deal. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Good for him, man. He's got. Good for him. He's still got three years left on that deal. It sucks, man. He was one of the best goalies ever, and wow. he won't be remembered as it because he never won a cup and. He, he was sick. I, I kind of want to see him play like one more game. Give him like the Bim Bishop style. Let go. <laughs> like, because what did the Bishop play one game with the with the stars and then he retired right after it? I mean, he almost played that full season, didn't he? With yeah, the, but then he like came season? back for one game. Yeah, and they, they just retired afterwards. It was just like, holy shit, I'm not built for this anymore. Yeah, my knees don't, my knees don't. Who would have thought a 6'8 goalie would uh, have bad knees near the end? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny you bring up Ben Bishop on the, the same day that I totally fucked up my my puck doku. With Dude, him. I nailed that one. I, I remembered he played for the Kings. No, for like I did too, minutes. but I clicked Clark Bishop. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, it sucks. I was so mad. I was like, what do you mean that's wrong? And I did it again. I was like, oh, there's two bishops here. But you're right. He played one game for the Texas Stars in the AHL, was a 765, a goals against average of eight, and packed his bags. Yeah. Dude, I'm still shocked 31% got fucking uh, got bishop on that puck, dude. I couldn't think of anyone else. Yeah. And then, like, how did people not get Milan Lucic only at 17%? For uh, which one was that? The... Flames Kings. I had Trevor Lewis for that one. That was seven yeah. percent. That was a good one. Yeah, but, but before yeah. before we start going fully down the puck, yeah, train of thought because we we, we could talk for hours. We will do that yeah. to continue on the new hook conversation. I think we brought up something interesting. I think is worth talking about the Avs prospects right now because it's better than it was a month ago. Now that they drafted Colin Ritchie and Guliev, who are the Avs top prospects right now? in terms of what they can bring in the future, in terms of being ready sooner than later. Do you think you have a top five you can throw at me? I have a top three. Uh, I don't know if the Avs have a top five, if I'm being honest with you. It's not the greatest prospect pool. Uh, But obviously, Nikolai Kovalenko is my one, um, just because drafted him in the sixth round. He's in Russia. He's in the KHL. So he's playing against really good competition. Like you would assume the KHL is above the AHL competition level wise, right? It's inarguable. Yeah. And the kid had 54 points in 56 games last year. Yeah. So yeah, he's almost a point per game player in the KHL. His contract ends, you said March of next year. So So there is a possibility that he could join the Avs after that. Uh, Just what we see from this kid He's gotten better each year. I mean, he had a 40-point jump from the previous year in 2021-2022 from 14 to 54 points. So I think that's my one. Uh, I'd probably put, oh, God, Foodie at two just because I liked what he did in the NHL more. Feels like a stark drop-off after Kovalenko feels like just could be a grand slam home run. Like He he could have a dominant season in the KHL this year. sign a one-year contract in March to come through for the rest of the season. 
and totally light it up here while no one has tape. And then you just have a future stud. That he right. remind like does he not like? I'm hoping he turns into like a Artemi Panarin type. You would hope. I mean, yeah. th- these are these ones are hard to predict because you've seen players like this who light it up in the KHL come over and just absolutely flame out. You've seen Panarins come over and win Calders. There was Kaprizov. Yeah, it feels a little different because like he was always going to be a stud yeah. here. But you've seen guys like this turn into studs. You've also seen them turn into busts. Like we could be at this point next year talking about, holy shit, Kovalenko is the real deal. He came here and was a point per game player for the rest of the season. You sign him to like a $2 million contract for another year and you just have another stud on your hands. Yeah. And, or he could be like, I'm trying to think of one who sucked. There's always been a couple. I mean, we don't need to rack our brains too yeah. much when I think about it. I got Puck Dooku on my head because now I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably the number one, like by far. And there's a gap in between that. I mean, like Guliev, I think could be good, but I haven't seen him play enough where it's like, I don't know if I can rank him that high. So I'd put Foodie at two. I think you have to put Alousin at three. And so then I'm, I'll go Guliev at four and then Richie at five. So I, I think you're missing Sean Barron's on that list. But Yeah. The only reason I don't put Sean Barron, I think he's going to get traded. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, half the guys on that list are probably getting Yeah. Traded, honestly, I think Barrett's could still be something for us. I mean, I have most of the same guys, just maybe in somewhat a different order. I put Malinsky on mine as well because he might very much step into the yeah. this season. It's kind of cheating because he's 25, but right. we, it's kind of unfair. Cra- to- could you imagine being in college till you were 24? Yeah. That'd I- be awesome, man. That'd be great. <laughs> Baby for you. For me, for me, I I hated college. So well, because is he was he the one? Is he Minnesota State? Is that where he went? There was so many. I was so hard to keep. We just like taking Minnesota guys because I just think it it's very funny for us. Yeah. Or was he the Western Michigan kid? No, that was Poland. What was Malinsky? Tell me, he was Minnesota State. Malinsky was Cornell. Cornell, damn it. Yeah. I I mean, maybe not partying Cornell, but he went to six years of Ivy School. Fuck that, dude. That had to be hard, man. Yeah. I just had to. Oh, I take that back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd probably put Malinsky up there, but I honestly like at this point, I'm thinking of Malinsky's already an NHLer. Like, I, I really well, think he's. I mean, he's technically still a prospect. No, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, there, there's some people that consider Bowen Byram still to be a prospect, which that's funny. I don't get, but yeah. there are some people that still lead with that. But I have Kovalenko number one. I think that's pretty cut and dry. Could be a home run, even like even if he's a bust. I don't like. You you don't know until March. Right now, it's just free excitement money. Right, that's now. always how it is with prospects. You don't yeah. you don't know. And then number two, I, I really feel like you can just put this in any order. It's just really down to personal preference. I love John Luke Foodie. I still think he's going to be something in the NHL. So I'd have him at number two. Number three, I probably still Sean Barons. I still yeah. I, I agree that I don't know if he'll ever play a game for the Avs, but I still think that's going to be a real solid top four NHL or someday. Alousin after that haven't given up on him yet. I have no problem waiting for him. He might, I mean, he's one of the guys they mentioned who could earn a roster spot. Yeah. Just, we're talking about guys who they could sign to play right wing. The plan might be Alousin if he really shows out at training camp. Could be another guy that comes in during the season and plays some form of games, maybe next next season yeah. is when you can maybe start to see Alousin in the lineup. I still think there's something there with him. And then with Sam Malinsky after that, I know someone's like, what about Eustace and goalies are impossible to predict. And goal- 
goalies. There's a reason are, why they only signed him to a one year extension. Right. Because it's also like Ananen is a goalie and could be a superstar. He might never play significant minutes in the NHL level. Yeah. Like you, you draft these goalies, you keep them in your system for five years, and you just you don't know shit. Yeah, and then they'll go play for their second team, and then all of a sudden at 29, they're like fucking yeah. in the NHL winning best. Like, so how, how, do you think that, how do you think the Coyotes feel right now about Aiden Hill? Yeah. Like, really? Like, we kept you, you around that long. Where was that? You Who have no this? idea, man. You have yeah. no idea. So, yeah, I mean, Ananen's probably like he's, he's our even, best goalie prospect. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to rank him. Just yeah. because, like, it's so volatile when it comes to goaltending, but he's up there for sure. If you have to rank him, he's in that list. I think that's a fair list, but yeah, I mean, compared to where our prospect pool was before college, undrafted free agents, and after the draft, I think we've really replenished compared to yeah. what it was. Because you can def you can convince me Guliev is on there. I just I haven't. He, I, we've had him for what two weeks. Yeah, like once I see more, honestly, I might have him on this list by the end of the month. Because what he signed in the KHL for what two more years? Pretty much, I think it's much less like rigid than like a a, a Mitchkov kind of yeah. thing. But even still, you want him over here sooner anyway. It's not, it's not like you're in a hurry to yeah. have him over here anytime soon. And Colin Ritchie, I mean Colin Ritchie, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of this season next year. He plays another season healthy in juniors, and he's like two on that list because he might light it up. This season, he played most of last season hurt. It hurt his draft stock. He fell even further in the draft than he would maybe was supposed to. It's, I think it's going to be, it's a little early to say make or break, but we're, we're going to learn a lot about Colin oh, yeah. in juniors this season. He could be a, like almost a steal in the first round. You could have two first round steals. We also might see him be like, yeah, okay, excuses are gone. He looks good. Looks really good. Probably tops out of third line center, or you could look at and be like this, this kid might be the real deal. I wouldn't be shocked at all. If, if Richie climbs that list. Yeah. I mean, cause he was what they had him projected before the season started, like top 15, right? Oh, top 10. He was yeah. projected to be one of the higher picks before the season started, but it just it, things outside of his control worked against him. He was on a terrible team. He had to play injured. Like you, you can't not play in your draft here. Because you only get one draft. Yep. And if you're that, like, then you're talking money, and then you're like an overager and like sixth round pick or something, like it genuinely hurts your career if you're not yep. playing. It's, it was better for his career to play this season hurt and maybe have worse numbers than it would have been to just sit out entirely. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a bounce back year too. Is he going to college anywhere? I, I don't think so. I'm I I have to get re caught up on everything. Yeah. There's so much in my brain that just Colin Ritchie backs are escaping me right now. But. Yeah, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he jumps up there. But compared to like I said, compared to where this prospect pool was six months ago, th this is a lot better than what it was. Yeah, it's in I, much I, better shape, and also a real possibility that zero of those people ever play for this team. Correct, and but that's fine because we needed it. Because what hurt us at the trade deadline last year, we had nothing to trade away. Yep, and now you do. Yep. You still have your first. You got two first round picks in this year's draft. You still have your first for next year. You can still trade that before the season starts. You've got bullets to fire in trades. Like a, a guy like Guliev, you give him a good season in the KHL. A guy like Richie, if he lights it up in juniors this season, they could be huge centerpieces yep. for future deals just to not even consider like where they could fit on this team. They might fit on other teams even better and might bring us a high end player. Yeah, that that's. <laughs> The only one I think who plays is Kovalenko, uh, just because. I think I, I think there's like a loose plan 
right yeah. now with Kovalenko. They're not just going to give him a spot, like I've said on a couple episodes, but the play, like the, I think I still think they're going to sign a right winger, but also, I think the plan might be for Kovalenko to come in here, and maybe step into that third line role. Yeah, it's the end of very this possible because it like if he's really killing it in the KHL this year, he's going to be tough to deny because he is playing against men. He's going to have to get adjusted to the system, so the sooner the better he can come over. But even still, I don't think it's going to be very long for him. I don't think so either. But I wouldn't be shocked if that's who I'm over plays and Malinsky. Yeah. But like, I would not be shocked in the least if Barons gets moved for like, uh, like a. I don't even know because like Barons, like I feel like his his stock has kind of fallen the past couple of months. Where it was like I don't even know if you, could you see a world where he gets moved for like a top six forward at the trade deadline? I'd, I unless yeah. he has a. I totally, I totally can for a, yeah. I mean, for a rental, absolutely. I can see that happening. We could see another Manson type deal, yeah. Ellison or something like that. Another Lekkonen type deal. I think Barron's absolutely has trade value. It might not be as, as it was when there's less data on him. I mean, the older guys get in a system, the less, the more the shine starts to wear off. True. I mean, he's a, the ripe old age of 20. This kid's a bust already. He played for Denver this year and was solid. Didn't blow anyone's doors off or anything, but for a a second round pick, 61st overall, I still think there's value there. I still think he's going to be a decent player if he sticks around here. And if he doesn't, I I still think he'll fetch you something fine. Yeah. But that's just, it's funny because like, in a perfect world, all of these guys get time to develop. And then like once the other veterans start aging them out, you can just bring these guys up, but that's not how hockey works. Like you're Never you're good for a while and then you suck for a while. Like it's just a cycle. Yeah. Just ne- never been how it works. You really cool. I mean, there'd be a team that was probably like, has like, oh, do you count the Canadians winning all those cups when it was like six teams? Like it seems a little I fraudulent. Mean, you technically do. Yeah. Like when you see a Habs fan texting that they have 5 million cups, you're like, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, can, bra- you can brag the Rangers fans about that because they have like three. Yeah. Habs like a minute. Not to say the Habs did not have some incredible teams. There was also six teams, which is also you have a one six chance of winning. The players were much less spread around and you had a yeah. lot more money than everybody else. Correct. Correct. I, did you ever see that thing about how, like, basically how the NHL formed because they didn't like another owner in the other one? So they just like, is that not the most NHL thing yeah. ever? This, this league is formed out of pettiness. It yeah. is formed on being haters and hating on other people. It's literally ingrained into their DNA. It's what yeah. it cracks me up. I saw, I think I saw TikTok on that, made me laugh. But uh, overall, I am. Uh, I'm happy with the prospect pool. I don't think a lot of them are going to end up playing for the abs, but that's okay. Now we actually can say we have a prospect pool. Yeah. I mean, if we want to really start overreacting uh development camp with Jeremy Hansel and Taylor McCarr, they lit it up. They were fantastic. And now you're seeing more about Jeremy Hansel, how he could be a, like a sixth round steal, high character guy, really solid defenseman and juniors this season. And how much Taylor McCarr has grown to being like, Oh, you draft him and you knock that on Kale's contract, knock that number down a little bit to someone who's like, I don't know if he'll play, but his chances are much higher than they were a year ago. Cause he I mean, genuinely looks like he's developing some talent. He shares the same DNA as Kale McCarr. So there's gotta I, be a little bit of the hockey he's, skills. There, he's right? got the genetics. I yeah. mean, that's a pretty good start. If he just develops some more skill, I mean, we're, we're getting somewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be really funny if both the McCars played on the same team. Yeah. Like, that would be very funny. That would be terrifying for other teams. If Taylor McCarr at center turns out to be Kale McCarr in the NHL, horrifying. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see. It's 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 going to be an interesting next couple of years for the Avs, but I'm pumped about it. Yeah. Um, and Cause, cause we actually know, have prospects to talk about. Because yeah. as you know, all of your prospects are awesome, and they're going to turn into superstars. Every other team's prospects are busts and they're going to suck and they're never going to amount to anything. Your prospects are the best. Everything your team does is awesome. They can never do anything wrong. Yeah. And if their pros- and if your prospects don't work out, it's not the team's fault. It's their fault. You know, it happens. It's the prospect's fault. Yeah. But th- that's also the funny part with prospects because you look at it and like two teams that everyone thought had the best prospect pool like five years ago and the Kings and the Rangers. Isn't that so funny? How Like the Kings was like two years ago. Yeah, undebatable. They had the best prospect pool, and it's like we said. I think last episode, who on that team, in terms of the kids, has really turned into a, a useful contributor on that team? Because Byfield's very much still developing, and like Mikey Anderson is playing top pair, and he was a fourth round pick in 2017. Didn't they make the playoffs that year? I don't think so. Yeah, 16 they made the playoffs. 17 yeah. they did not, and 18 they did. But yeah, it's just like I know Turcotte's had concussions, so it's kind of not fair to harp on him too much. But like Kaliev got traded to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Byfield, I think, has potential, but also at the same time, like he hasn't done anything crazy. Yeah. I think Byfield could be one of those players who, he, if he got moved to like Montreal, we could see him turn into something really good. But like the Kings. The, their prospect pool and for being one of the best to now they just rebuilt around the old guys again. <laughs> well, but also like you look at what they did with a lot of those prospects and they moved them. Yeah. And they got NHL players for them. Like even a guy like Akil Thomas, who was supposed to be like a steal in 2018, the second round, like he's, he's struggling at the AHL level. Right. Yeah, now. He just signed a two year extension though. Yeah. I mean, I'm not to say that he's bad. He just, yeah. he signed a league minimum deal for one year just now. Not say he can never be anything. But it's just so weird, like, where the Kings are. Like, we look at them as a team that's probably going to make the playoffs, and none of those guys on that list are contributing. It's Anze Kopitar doing it again. Still. Andrew Doughty, still. Andrew like, Doughty. It, that's the fun, funny part about prospects. Like, it's it's a crapshoot. Like, the Rangers, like I was saying, the Rangers had all those prospects, and, like, who turned out to be a good one? Like, Lafreniere's struggling. Kako's struggling. They traded away that other kid to – to the Canucks and I'm blanking on his name. Kravtsov. Kravtsov. Like they had like Shesterkin. They got a seventh for him. They got absolutely yeah. in 2026. They got a seventh for him. Yeah. And then they got, I mean, Shesterkin, but he didn't really like, he was a prospect. He was he not part in. of that. Re- he was a 2014 draft pick. That was nine yeah. years ago. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think who else. I mean, they got Keandre Miller who's turning yeah, he's solid wrong for them. I mean, Philip Heedle is a solid role player for them, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like these prospects, you just don't know. Yeah, like most of the players on the Rangers who are good were either traded for or signed as free agents. Yeah, it's a tough thing when you're a young team. You have to balance. I mean, look at Detroit right now. Yeah, all the guys they've drafted over the years. Yes, some of them have turned into NHL players. When you look at a guy like Maurice Sider and Raymond's going to be a lot better. Iserman's run out of patience, and he's just signing guys left and right. You can argue for better or for worse because now who was that? Who was that goalie they drafted really high? Oh, um, what is his name? It's a short name. Casa. I, 
Yeah. 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 He was a stud. And then he played in the HL last year. And I think he had like a, like an 820 save percentage. He got fucking lit up. And all of a sudden he went from being the next well, I mean, great goalie he played, prospect. He played three games and he was a 783. He's also 20. Like I know, but like it's crazy how fast the narrative changes. Trust me. Like you read about it and it's like, this guy went from being the next fucking Dominic Hasek. I'm just thinking of Red Wings goalies to now they're sudden like they almost took a goalie in the first round this year. Well, do you think of the same draft with with Askarov in Nashville? He was reportedly on the trade block at the draft. I mean, that might just be Barry Trotz. Just who knows what Barry Trotz is really up to right now? I don't yeah. want to put a whole ton of stock into that. But like those were the two guys back in the the 2021 draft was Casa and Askarov. And give them time. They're goalies. But. Like he said, narratives change and they change. Quickly. Who was, who who would you say has been the best first round goalie in the past like fifteen years drafted? Ottinger. Yeah, you know, he was late of, first. He was a late first. That one comes off the top of my head. Samsonov was a late first. I still think that Spencer Knight could be really good. Yeah, but and circumstances outside of his yeah unfortunate stuff. But like that's the thing with goalies, it's it's the most important position, but it's also the hardest position to draft. Yeah, it's Outside, unless you're the Rangers who just fucking find goalies out of fucking thin air. Is that not like the most frustrating thing ever? Yeah. Like they had Georgiev, who was a top 10 Vesna finalist, just sitting on the bench last year. Yeah, just riding the, like they've gone from Henrik Lundqvist for over 15 years, every single year. Vesna finalist, one of the best goalies in the league. And they have like not even the full down. He was still playing for them when she start, yeah. started. And they just, right when he retired, Shesterkin jumps right to the What top. a goalie room, if you think about, in the bubble. They had Georgiev, Shesterkin, and fucking Hendrik Lundqvist all. Like, there, there was a debate, I remember, who was going to start for him. Because yeah, Georgiev they, was really good in that COVID yeah. year. Well, and Lundqvist started, and they won yeah. one game. They had those three goalies, and they won one game. They got yeah. demolished by Carolina. Yeah, like, it's just... There are certain teams who just nail it every... I mean, like, if you look at the Lightning, too, the past, what, 12 years, they went from Bishop to Vasilevsky. Uh, Speaking of first round goalies, uh, we missed one. Yeah, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. <laughs> well, I think that I forget he was drafted in the first round until I literally just said that because he well, was like the thirteenth or fourteenth pick. I remember. Even still, that was a pick Tampa traded for. Yeah, I forget who, what player they traded him for, but that was just like a, a free pick that they was it got. Brad Richards. I think so, but I'm I take too long for me to find that off yeah. the top of my head. But I think that one worked for them. I think. That yeah. Was yeah, I mean, Tampa's had pretty good goalies the past twelve years. I mean, the apps have had good goaltending, but they haven't drafted any of them. They've traded for all of them. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling. 
call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10-leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. I mean, if you if Houston Annan plays NHL games, he would be a, a unicorn for us. Yeah, like even because it's like the best goaltender in have history was traded for Patrick Waugh. Yeah, uh, you could argue the second best one in. Well, who is the second best one in Avs history? I, I mean, if you gotta go with tenure, Varlamov. See, I, that's tough. Like I, I would agree, but I also think Kemper in the one year he was here was better. Than Varlamov, but it was one year. Yeah, that's the tough part. But also, like, Kemper trade, Varlamov trade, Georgiev trade, Wa trade. Yeah, <laughs> to the point. Grubauer trade. Grubauer, yeah, Grubauer trade. Like, there's no homegrown goaltenders here. Yeah, this is funny because I remember when I was a kid, there was this stud that the Avs had uh, as a goalie. Uh, and he played for the Hershey Bears, and my dad was like super set on him being like a star. Bought a bobblehead of him because my dad was super into bobbleheads, and his name was Philip Suave, and he played for the Hershey Bears. Never played a minute in the NHL. Was just awful. And my dad took that. He was so. I remember him being like, "This guy's the next goalie for the Abs. He's the next Patrick." Why he never played in the NHL? You should look him up because he played for the Bears, and I feel like he was pretty solid for the Hershey Bears. Well, I also got reminded of Spencer Martin today on uh on the crossover grid because i had to think of an av and a canuck dude and i forgot he played for the abs I, I went with kyle burros on that one <laughs> played three games three that's games right abs. he was a third round pick in 2013 played three games and then rotted in the the minors for a while before he went to vancouver it wasn't a, a 950 in six games last year and then uh dude, he had a moment last year i remember yeah. that he won and me some money 871 this year but you know yeah. what it's just how it goes right yeah but like Dude, that's tough. I really want to think like the top five goalies in Avs history. Like it's obviously Waz number one. Yeah, Waz could be number one for all teams ever. Yeah, I think it's it really is. Dude, I think Gruar might have been better than Kemper when he was here too. Mm, eh, he was here longer. Yeah, but he had the thing that Kemper has the Stanley Cup, and that's just like the ultimate sign factor. But, but I do agree too. In the it, it's one eye. Yeah, it's probably Varlamov too. Probably Varlamov too, just because he literally carried the abs in that 2013-2014 season and just ran out of gas. Three. Would you go Kemper at three? It's it's tough. Or, or you put Grubauer ahead of him. I I feel like when you're talking all-time goalies, I feel like when you're talking who do you want in one game, it's a different question. But when you're talking all-time, you gotta factor in tenure a little bit. Yeah. And then I'd start to lean towards Grubauer because it's sour the way he left, but he was. What good. he did to us this year is kind of souring me a little bit too. But I mean, like everyone thinks of Game Six against Vegas, like the the goals he let in that game were awful. Ah, Forgetting like, he played hundreds of games here and was still good before that. Yeah i I think it's probably Grubauer three. The more I talk myself, like it seems so bad to put. 
temper outside the top five, but he literally only had one year. But he, I mean, I think when you win a Stanley Cup, you are in top five. Yeah. I just always remember David Abisher being high up there for me, even though he was pretty mediocre. The Avs really don't have that many goalies. I will say, if if Georgiev has another season like he did last year, he could very quickly skyrocket. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think he's already fucking, like, he's already top 10 in wins in Avs history. He's played played a lot last year, so. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, Avs goalies fucking kicked out. Jose Theodore played for the Avs. That was cool. Craig Anderson had a great run with the abs too. <laughs> Do you put Craig Anderson in the top five? Uh, that's uh, a tough one. Love Craig, Craig Anderson. Anderson. Awesome dude. Josie Theodore, Peter Budai. Um, now we're just naming abs goalies. This is truly great content. Michael Hutchinson. Dude, he had a great run in the bubble those three games, man. Yeah. He was – that was just – like now that we're so many years removed from that, that was just hilarious, like objectively yeah. hilarious. Fucking Grubauer tears his groin in the – Arizona series and then Frankie comes back and he's not healthy. He gets hurt and then it's fucking Michael Hutchinson who got let go yeah. by the Leafs. You got that you got the hamburglar. And the- Dude, that was awesome for that one game. And then he got shelled in game six. He won he won us a game and it was very funny. Yeah, and then he you got shelled in game six. I mean he get yeah, he got shelled. He also got no goal support. So yeah, Ham- that game hamburglar, six. I, hamburglar I, number one always. I was in college for that game six. I spent an obscene amount of money to go to that game six it was was it my i think it was my first ever playoff game that i'd been to and they just got their asses kicked and i was like that was a waste of money <laughs> like, and i had to drive all the way back up to Greeley, which is like an hour and a half away yeah huh i just don't know if the abs will ever draft a goalie and succeed with it i it, it's 28 years now since the abs have existed law, it. the law of it. averages suggests we're due so used to sanon Come on. You're the one. You're, you're the, the one. one. But we've We're talked so about Avs goalies enough. Um, yeah. Let's move probably, on to the, the next topic. Yeah. Probably move on to just the offseason or the lack thereof recently right now. A lot of minimum signings. We talked about the Debrinket trade last episode later on. But it still feels like there's stuff that's going to happen. It seems like all eyes are kind of on Eric Carlson right now. And not the two teams I would have predicted to be the finalists, but it seems like the Penguins and the Hurricanes are the final two. And one of those two is somehow going to land Eric Carlson. Again, not who I would have predicted based on their different situations, but I guess if Kyle Dubas is coming in there, he wants to put his stamp on this team right away. And for the Hurricanes, you'll have the best defense because no one else can have defensemen, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the Penguins makes more sense just because they're old. So why not add another old guy? Like, is that not like I I don't want this to happen because hello, Caps fan don't want Eric Carlson on the Penguins. But would that not just be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Right. Eight million. If they somehow get that down to eight million dollars for four more years, we're going to suck in a few years anyway. Like, what what are we really losing? Let's add Eric Carlson, put him on a pair with Chris Letang. Just have a fucking ball this season. Like that would, did you see Drew's tweet about that today? (laughs) Where it was like. Drew Drew is an amazing instigator. Oh yeah. He is. He He is a professional conflict starter. I love, I refresh, I open Twitter. I see a new Drew tweet. I'm like, fantastic. There is some hate bubbling in those comments. That man just drum it helps it helps that he works for the biggest leaf fan of all time and then he trolls the leafs while doing his job 
like the angriest fan base. He's, so, he's so good at disguising it. He yeah. disguises it as like, this is my true, genuine opinion. You can <laughs> tell he does not believe half the shit he's saying, but it's so funny because you see it and then you see the number 600 on the comments and you look at the quote tweets and there's a hundred more and you're like- He just mutes that tweet. He yeah, just he mutes just, it. He just he, like, how much do you want to bet the amount of times that he he's just tap dangle on the shoulder and just like, hey, watch this. And just sends a tweet off, mutes it and just throws his phone Let's away. go. I guarantee yeah. you it happens more than we think, but- I forget who would quote tweet. It's like it was like Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Latang. It was big head hockey, I think. Yeah, Latang and uh, Carlson, who stopped it. And he just quote tweets it with the app straight up. And you're like, hey, that's a good point. Yeah. Tay, McCarr, Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, younger, better. Better. Yeah. yeah. Well, he also, well, the funny thing was, he also put Jari on the list for the Penguins. Oh. <laughs> what is Jari? He has to be what one of the top fifteen highest paid goalies in the NHL now, right? Oh, I'm sure he's up there. I mean, I guess I haven't looked at who's the highest paid goalies in a minute. It's definitely still Bob. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, but that. that's just it's just funny that Jari's gonna be one of the highest paid. But for Carlson, I think he the Penguins. Is. Tristan Jari is drum roll please number twelve. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, could I name 12 better goalies than Tristan Jari? Probably, but I'm well, not you want to guess who you want to guess who's 11? Helvis Merzlikens. Fuck. Okay. You want to go from uh, Whiplash? Who's number 10? Oh, shit. Just give me the exact opposite of Elvis Merzlikens. You'll come close. Is it Vasilevsky? It's Igor Shesterkin. Holy shit. I forgot he signed that like five year, five million dollar deal. What a deal. Vasilevsky is not cheap. He is a nine and a half million dollar goal. I think that's underpayment for him, honestly. <laughs> it's so funny because there was just this point of time where we just started paying. You got Carey Price at 10 and a half, Bobrovsky at 10, Vasilevsky at nine and a half. And that's just John Gibson at 6.4. Very right? funny. Like just a significant drop. Number five is Matt Murray. Why did the Senators Holy pay him shit. that? What, How I they got off that contract is even more impressive. And why did the centers pay him that? Why did the Leafs take it? Yeah. And I don't know. Because after that, it's Connor Hellebuck, Markstrom, number eight, everyone's favorite goalie, Jordan Bennington. Isn't <laughs> goaltending just so fun? Like, and then Grubauer's what, nine? Grubauer is ninth, correct. Yeah. Well, because I remember Grubauer signed right after Bennington. Yeah. He yeah. fucking Bennington fucked up the market for the abs. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hellebuck's going to get paid. He wants to get paid $10 million. I don't know if he will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing on the market right now is like, what's going on here in Winnipeg? Like, is Hellebuck getting moved? Is Shifley getting moved? Are they really just going to sit this one out and try to let it play out? You know their GM's just on vacation right now, bro. Yeah, Shevel Dayoff, he's, he's got his feet up. He's got yeah. Rella drink. He's in the jacuzzi. Yeah, he, he'll get back to work eventually. Yeah. He'll, probably, he'll probably trade him in like September. When it's like, oh, yeah, shit, I probably should do my job. That's the thing about the Hellebuck trade is like, are they really going to get the return that we think they're going to no. get? No, they are not. Just be, I think they waited too long. Yeah. I mean, I think they wanted to give this season a chance first, but now it's clear Hellebuck doesn't want to come back. Yeah. And he's going to ask for Vasilevsky close-ish money. He's going to become at least the fourth highest paid goalie in the NHL, which only moves him up two spots, ironically. Yeah. He but, deserves it, though. He deserves. I mean, he deserves it. But can you win with that? I mean, Tampa did because Vasilevsky is a special case, and everyone just takes less on that team. But like, let's say New Jersey does it, and they pay him nine million dollars. 
can they still do what they're doing? It's an, in, it's an interesting conversation to have because Hellebuck helps you win, but can you pay a goalie that kind of money? I think it helps. Like if the devils were to get Hellebuck, that would help them probably win a cup in the next two to three years. Probably. This I think year it helps. I think they'd shorten their championship window because you probably have to lock up Hellebuck to what? Six, seven years potentially. Yeah. And Hellebuck is 30. Yeah. Like, and when that contract kicks in, he's going to be 31. So even if you sign him to five years, he's still going to be 36 when that contract. Yeah. Is if you throw eight to 9 million bucks at him, goalies, they just, they just fall apart one day. Like yeah. they just one season, they're great. And then the next year, how is this guy even in the NHL? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I think Jonathan quick's a great example of that. Cause remember quick last year in the playoffs was actually like decent for the Kings. Yeah. Like, I mean, with Jonathan Quick, you could tell it was coming eventually with him just because he's been through so many injuries and had played for so long at this point. He's been far from the Jonathan Quick we knew yeah. ever since 2012. But it kind of, I don't know, it kind of feels like Quick hasn't been the same for years. I mean, well, like, I feel like he was pretty good against Edmonton. Like, it yeah, was flashbacks. He was. And look, I'm looking at it now. He was a 904 against them. Yeah, I guess that's. Game. Maybe he I thought had, he was better. He had his moments, but like he was a 921 in 2018, the year they lost to Vegas. Like I think Vegas just broke him in that series where yeah. he was 947 and they got swept still. Yeah, that's tough. Because after that, he was an 888, 904, 898, 910 when they went back to the playoffs. And then he was an 876 this season. Yeah, he fell off the face of the earth this year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for Hellbuck, like, like I think if New Jersey makes that trade, they would probably win a cup in the next three years, but I also think they shorten their championship window by locking themselves Again, into that. There is no guarantee. Like yeah. there is no guarantees. Like you trade for Connor Hellbuck and bang, done deal. We win a cup. We've seen teams make those all in moves and they they just don't. They don't work. So I, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I think New Jersey's a realistic place. But the thing is, is like how many teams, good teams can afford to pay Hellbuck that much money? That's exactly what I was gonna ask next. Is like if it's not New Jersey. Who is going to make this trade? Because like I really have a hard time seeing. I can see Connor Hellbuck maybe lowering his asking price, not lower than eight though. I can't no. see him making less than eight. And who's going to throw that kind of money out there? Because like, it's not going to be a team with a lot of money that's rebuilding. They don't want Connor Hellbuck winning a ton of hockey games for yep. them. Like I've seen people throw out like the Sabers, but they got Devin Levi. Yeah. Like it could make sense for the Sabres, especially for this season, because they you got to get this team into the playoffs eventually. Well, I think that's more like if Hellbuck goes to free agency, that's where they could do it. Like after this year, you get a full year of Devin Levi and you get like an understanding of what he's going to be. Maybe you do that then. Yeah. But you're not trading for him with Levi, who's probably one of the better goaltending prospects out there right now. Probably Mike could potentially be number one. Like maybe you move Pekka Lukanen in that trade the other way. For them, like I think it could make sense for the Sabers, but again, I don't know if that makes sense long term. No, because they aren't on the cusp of a championship. They're, they're trying just to make it to the playoffs. It very well could be. You don't. I you hope don't so. With a I team with so. this much raw talent, they could flame out entirely, or they could have a devil season this year where That'd they sick. they just get like sixty more points. I mean, we talk That'd about narratives sick. changing. A year ago, the Devils have gone from, I mean, they might make the playoffs to. Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah, that'd be sick. Sabres. But yeah, I mean, th that just goes to the point. Like, Hellbuck is going to get moved. Hopefully, I mean, 
it wouldn't shock me at least if the Jets just don't do anything. Like, yeah, that wouldn't shock I mean, me. That's least. what they. That's what they do best. They just stand yeah. still. But I, if Hellbuck wants money, he's going to have to go to a shitty team and not win a cup. And he seems to be a guy who cares about winning a lot. Yeah, like that. But, that's why I think the money is going to come down because you can't win with that kind of money going towards an agent. Yeah. If he was 25 and performing. Oh yeah. If he was like UC Soros right now. Yeah. You'd throw the bag at him. I mean, but, when, when it comes to Connor Hellebuck, I've, I've said in the past, like I think the jets have potentially wasted what could have been one of the better goalies of this generation in Connor Hellebuck. Who's always, yeah, he has a lot of miles on those tires too. That's what I mean. They have, a lot of miles. they have destroyed this. I'm shocked. He's still playing well right yeah. now like there was the time was it the covid shortened season or i think it was the shortened season where i the one where panarin won which one was that was that one what did he win well, no panarin didn't win dry saddle won the one oh, saddle won but i i'm t- this is terrible right it was the shortened season it was yeah, a short shortened season, season. No, not the covid season it was the shortened season i think it like, was the year of the bubble wasn't it yeah, so it got cut off. Okay, so let's yeah, define what the short. To me, the shortened season is the one where it got cut off when the pandemic started. The COVID year was the year all the divisions got realigned. Because okay. I have that completely backwards. I have okay. it the way around. But so yeah, so the the year the season got cut off, I totally made the argument that Hellebuck should win the heart because the Jets should have been nowhere close. Yeah. without him, and he won the Vesna in an absolute landslide. And he's barely stepped back. Like he's fallen to a nine ten the season prior, but also he faced like seven million shots. A yeah, he played what 64, 65 games, but all those years too. He played sixty six games last year, and <laughs> sixty four games this season. And the year before that, in the shortened season, he played forty five. Remember that was how many games even was fifty four? Yeah, fifty four. He played forty five. Yeah. He played all but nine games for the Jets that season. And then he played all the games in the playoffs after playing 58 the year before in another shortened seat. This guy does nothing but play. I'm shocked his muscles work. If he retired tomorrow, I think I'd get it. Yeah. So I, that's just the tough part. I, I think the Jets, as much as I, I think they'd have to wait to the trade deadline. I don't think you can. I don't think you can move that kind of money at the trade deadline. But there's going to be a team desperate enough that just needs a goalie that I think they could do it. But is Hellbuck going to play half a year with the Jets? Doesn't sound like it. But you're not going to get that package that you want. And at that point, it's a, just a depreciated asset. See, I don't think they're going to get the package they want even to begin with. Like, I think even the more, right now, the longer you wait, the less it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the Devils make the most sense. Do I think the Devils should do it? No, I don't think so. I mean. I think they need to see what they have in Schmied because in the playoffs, he was genuinely amazing for them and completely turned the tide of the Rangers series. If the devils are going to trade for any goalie, they should be going for UC Soros. That, that makes sense makes with a lot time. more sense because that has two years left and he's younger than Hellebuck. Right. And like, I just, just as good. There's less mileage there. Like, I feel like that's a much safer bet. At least maybe he gets the around the same money, but I, I just feel more comfortable. He's younger. Yeah. And I think he has a lot more good years where it's like Hellbuck has what, three or four good years left. If that, I mean, he might be done this year. Yeah. That's if I'm the devils, I'm going after UC Soros. That's like personally. That's so interesting for Nashville because like what we 
disgust Hellebuck could get, I think Nashville would get for you. Yes. But oh, yeah. are teams even going to pay that? Like we just, I think that's why you just don't see these guys moved because you don't want to just move on from your amazing goalie and teams don't give up those massive. Right. Because goalies are never sure things. Nope. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But Hellebuck and Carlson is going to be interesting because it's two older guys who are going to help your team in the short term. But long term wise, that, that's just a bad, bad omen. Yeah. It's just as goaltending generally is. As we, I mean, look at what the Sharks like literally like when they signed Carlson to that contract, it was like, oh, the Sharks are going to be good for a while. No, they literally went to shit right after he signed that contract. Like, that was that's a, how that fast was, things can change. That was a rough one even when that was signed because like I don't think any of us expected them to fall off that quickly, but it was coming with the sharks and they got one, they got one good year out of it. They went to the conference final, but again, goaltending, they signed Martin Jones to that contract. And it, I would say it straight up cost them a Stanley cup. If they had any sort of semblance of goaltending, I think they would have won the Stanley cup in 2019. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting what happens with these players um, because they're older guys. I mean, Carlson Lurie just won the fucking Norris, so he still has something left in the tank. But if he goes to Pittsburgh, that would make sense. I, If he goes to Carolina, though, I just – that's a lot of really good defensemen to have if you're Carolina. I think Carolina could definitely give San Jose the most interesting package. They have better prospects. I think they have more picks. Brett Pesci would have to be included in that yep. trade. And then you can just go flip Brett Pesci for more later and Correct. then get more assets in. I think if it comes down to who has the better package, it's going to be Carolina. But Pittsburgh, as much as I hate to say it, is just more fun. Yeah. Does Carlson have a no movement clause? I'm sure he does. With that $11.5 million contract, I'm sure he does. I would have, I'd be, if I find it and he doesn't, I would be very shocked. I imagine it's like full. Yeah. He has a no movement clause, which is not the same as a no trade clause. Yeah. So he probably has a list of like 10 teams that he doesn't want to go to. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it doesn't hamper the Sharks that much. Okay. Did you did you know Vlasic still has three years left at seven? Yes. Months? Yes, I did. I, I I guess I just haven't looked at the Sharks page in a while. Yeah, yeah they're locked up for a while. Couture still has, what, like five more years left? Yeah, Couture's got, still got four. Hurdle is still until 2030. I mean, at least he's still good. Yeah. But. Who well, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was Doug Armstrong went out on a high note there. Yeah, he was just he was just like this is not my fucking problem. Yeah, not my problem. Um, but yeah, oh Jesus, the Sharks are gonna be bad for a while. So so bad. Who did they draft again? Oh damn it! Now you're 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 asking me of trivia right now. They drafted um, Will Smith and that's right, Musty. That's right. Yeah, and I almost said Ryan Leonard for the who they drafted. That was the Caps who drafted him. You know what I saw. This is totally just off the rails. I saw someone on TikTok say that Rob Brendamore is the best coach in the NHL, and I I yeah. just don't I don't get the looking. fascination you gotta, you gotta with Rob Brendamore, man. Stuff, man. I know. Well, what's the fascination with Rob Brendamore? Why does everyone think he's such a good coach? I don't know. He had a good first season. He's a good coach. I'm not gonna say it, sit here and say he's a bad coach, but well, like, how can you say he's the best coach in the NHL? He's not even the best coach in the East. It's John Cooper. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. What are we doing here? He gives funny quotes sometimes. This, this is from like a TikTok who has like a hundred thousand followers too, and like they talk about hockey. I'm like, how can you say Rob Brendamore is the best coach in the NHL? It's just flat out not the case. I like, wish what I, has he accomplished? Nothing. <laughs> Every time this, he goes to the East Finals, he gets swept. Yeah, like, we've had this. We've had this conversation a lot on here about Brendamore. It's just like I just don't get it. 
like he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He's a top 10 coach in the league, but to say he's the best is asinine. <laughs> like it's it's John Cooper is up there, Bednar's up there. Well, you're like, a good coach if you give good quotes. That's that's why Daryl Sutter won a, a Jack Adams two seasons ago. I just I saw job. that and I was coaching. It grinded my gears so much. I was like, in what world is Rob Brendamore a top coach in the NHL? Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, Carolina's accomplished nothing. And that team is talented. And they've accomplished nothing. So, that was my rant for the day. Yeah. I, I feel like every show, you're just like, dude, I saw this fucking thing on TikTok. Can dude, you, just you, makes me so mad. Like, can you believe I know, they said this on the app that is entirely based around getting your attention? And you I know, know I, I know that I, like... Like I'm not the smartest hockey person. I'm not. I, I'm literally doing the same thing they're doing. No, I'm, just like, like, I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, like, TikTok stuff like that to me is like just the genuinely the lowest form. Of, no offense to anyone out there, but you know what you're doing. You're making yeah. short form attention grabbing clickbait content. I, it's not an insult. That's oh, what it is. I was just sitting there and I was like watching it i watched the whole thing just because it grind my gears and he accomplished his mission of what he was trying to do yeah but the, i know the exact tone of voice is rod brindamore the best coach in yeah, the nhl this season with the carolina hurricanes rod brindamore coached his team to the yeah. eastern like they all talk the same they have that same dead soulless look in their eyes as they just they got their ring lights on yeah the ring light <laughs> they stare at that thing so hard you can see the reflection of their dusty ass room in their eyes it's ridiculous ridiculous and Dude, there's like are the funniest thing they're me. not real none of them are real they're all yeah. a bunch of ai generated weirdos that yeah. were grown in a lab that don't have souls but anyway just to close out the show i mean still waiting on tarasenko i guess to sign with anyone rooming around the senators rooming around the hurricanes still who i guess are just in on everyone could go back to the rangers I just, I just don't see how he could come to the Avs. I've tried to see it, but if Colton signs for anything more than $3 million, uh, even the, the biggest of stretches, if Tarasenko gets a Duchesne contract, I still don't think the money works there. You'd be like as tight to the cap as you could physically be. It'd be awesome. It'd be cool. It'd be really awesome. I'd... You know what? Actually, I, I, I don't really want Tarasenko. I think I would, he's kind of an overrated in, asset. Second, third line, I'd take it. I still yeah. Tarasenko's I think has plenty left and now he's out of St. Louis and if he's on a one-year contract they're like this is your potential last earning year if you have a big year and the abs get people paid yeah I I think Tarasenko would work out just fine he'd be like a like a light version of, of uh, Burakovsky fair just fair. with much less skating yeah I would and, bring up another thing that I about a TikTok that I could send you, but we'll save that. I'll send it to you offline. You'll laugh because it just where they rated Burakovsky, you will just laugh. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably not safe for air. If anything, yeah, probably not. Insults my beloved Andre Burakovsky yeah. in my presence. Yeah, they, he insults him big time. Oh, disgusting. So anyway, before we get down that rabbit hole again, I think we're ready to to wrap this one up here. Hopefully, next time we'll have like have stuff to talk about or any news at all we're we're getting to it we're coming right down to it with that point in the offseason where you start to look at things be like maybe it's time to start slowing it down start rolling out some offseason content but we're gonna try to wait it out we're gonna we'll keep you guys well in the loop of what's going on we've got we got little things cooking behind the scenes we're using our little fingers typing up little messages to little people trying to get some things going got some plans for what we're gonna do in the future so this is not just the same old show every single time we're trying to be better trying to make improvements. We're working all this stuff behind the scenes. 
you guys will know all of it. But until then, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I think we can call this one just a chaos edition. Yeah, just, I mean. Just completely. We could have gone for another hour, yeah. honestly. Like just pure ADHD riddled hockey summer conversations. I no literally problem. listed abs goalies for fun. Like that, yeah. That's where this episode went. Just no rhyme or reason. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but it's also just like it's one of those ones today, yeah. which I think sometimes they're fun to just. There, go. I had a blast. I this was awesome just yeah. to go on a, a rant about just fucking nothing. I yeah. love. It. I could do it for hours. Yeah, and then we it. both got nine for nine on uh, Puck Dooku today, so that's yeah. a good thing too. Yeah, I'll lie and say I got nine for nine. I didn't uh, put. Clark oh, in. that's right. You quit the yeah. wrong name. You told me that because <laughs> I would have. I would have gotten nine. I beat you for once. If, yeah, one time. One time. I'm one, one time. I'm one in twenty. Let's go, baby. Uh I had I got the day before I got a sixty-nine on my unique score. So nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. My unique score is where I need to improve. I, I'm just trying to win at this point. I don't care if it's the unique. Um, but yeah, I went nine for nine today. I was pretty happy. Oh yeah. And like for very quick before we wrap up, I loved how we talked about Puck Doku and say they need an Av square. And then the next day was Avs and Caps at the same time. Dude, you see crossover grid today was an abs one? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I used Spencer Martin for mine. Oh, I, I used uh, my boy, Curtis McDermott. Yeah. I used Jerome Ginla for the abs and Kings and Spencer Mc, and uh, Spencer Martin. I see, I didn't even think about McDermott, so props yeah. to you. He's always on uh, your brain. 11% on that one. That's more than I thought it would be. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And then Gabriel right. Landeskog for the Calder was at eight. Yeah, that one was low. I mean, you had McKinnon. Who I yeah, think be you had McKinnon and McCarr. Yeah, McKinnon and McCarr. You know, he's third on the team like right now in terms of Calder winners. And there's more before that, too. Before we get too down on this one, this one goes for another hour. Again, we'll wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Use promo code Teledabs it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, Thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.